The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello there and welcome to another Art of the Pivot. My name is Mark Jeffries and today joining us is Joyce Kim, Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for Genesis, the global leader in cloud customer experience and contact center solutions. In her role as CMO, Joyce is responsible for worldwide marketing, including driving strategy and positioning the company for growth. Her key focus is expanding the partner and developer ecosystem. Prior to Genesis, Joyce was CMO for the UK's largest semiconductor IP company, Arm. Before that, she was key marketing leader for global brands such as Reich, Microsoft and Google. She serves on the board of the Early Literacy Foundation, Bring Me a Book, and the startup accelerator Spark Labs Frontier at Arizona State University. Joyce, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Where do we find you today? Thanks. Great to be here. I am in Northern California. Lovely. Anywhere in California works as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. All right, so we, I, I, I love the weather here, so we can't beat it. Climate is number one. Beautiful. Now, Genesis, you're a global multi-billion dollar company, been around for more than 30 years, but there are probably a few out there now listening and watching who aren't 100% familiar. Could you paint a picture for us? Sure. You know, Genesis has been enabling about 7,000 businesses in over 100 countries to create and sort of orchestrate contact center and personalized customer engagement experiences on pretty much every channel you can think of, voice, text, web chat, social, and across pretty much every touch point that you might have with any brand. I mean, we have approximately half the Fortune 500 as customers. So chances are pretty much everybody watching has had some kind of experience with brands that they buy from or uh, do business with enabled by our technology. Brilliant. Well, it's great to be in, a, in an organization that has that level of awareness. And of course, you've been in the tech space for well more than 20 years, leading marketing in some capacity. Now, of course, here you are at Genesis, your CMO. And this time, the innovation story is about, as I understand it, reinventing the way the organizations connect with their customers. And my goodness, this last year has forced us all into that sort of reinvention. So, from your perspective, what does that mean? Talk to us a little bit about this reinvention word and how are organizations now connecting with their customers differently? Yeah, well, I mean, I think most organizations think about, you know, marketing to or selling to or providing service and support to customers as sort of very separate and distinct motions. But our message is really all about highlighting the fact that you know, all contact with customers are sort of inextricably linked, right? So one experience either bolsters another or it can absolutely tear that down. So Genesis is aiming to sort of orchestrate the overall customer experience. And, and we're doing that by sort of an informed understanding of all the touch points and trying to predict sort of the desired outcome to help companies deliver more empathetic experiences. I mean, you, you look at the pandemic and the need for uh, dealing with people differently. And when you're trying to do that at scale, you know, really demonstrating that you understand what they're looking for and that they're important to you, you have to have the right technology. You need the right data, you need AI underpinning all that. And that is what's gonna help companies and their employees do what is right for the customer. And that's sort of what we're calling experience as a service, you know, 
people can't do this alone and technology can't do it alone either. But together, sort of, you know, better understanding the needs, the emotions, the motivations for their customers and then acting accordingly is really what we're talking about as the reinventing part of it. And you talk about, you know, understanding the customer as a driving force and totally get it. But my goodness, I don't think we've ever lived in a time where there have been more needs, more separation between different customer types. So are you saying that we now have the ability to satisfy all of these different customers? We can no longer think of of blocks or groups, but but very unique, specific personas. Well, it's it's less personas and more sort of really having good context for that customer, right? So think about it, companies deal with millions of customers all the time. And so you, you can't say, well, I'm a Asian female in this age bracket, in this part of the country, therefore I should treat you one way. It's really my journey and my circumstance and systems and data and AI could really bolster the ability to understand where I'm coming from. And that, I think, is the key. It really is. And I know that you've recently published a study about the declining state of consumer connectivity. That's that's never a good thing. Could you tell us a bit about the study and, and what it means for your business? Yeah, I mean, when you think about customer support and contact center and just customer service in general, I think it's you know, slowly shifting to be more relationship oriented. And certainly the pandemic has been a huge catalyst to push that change probably faster and further than we had, you know, previously thought. I mean, we live now in a really predominantly digital world, right? So you don't walk into a, you know, store and talk to the rep there anymore. I mean, you're typically calling or you're on the computer or your web or something. And so, I think people have shifted away from wanting the fastest service to wanting, you know, companies to understand them. And, Mm. you know, as you talked about in this research, what was so enlightening was like 67% of respondents prefer an empathetic customer experience to a speedy resolution. I mean, think about that. Most companies think about contact center and support as how quickly can I get through as many, you know, incoming as possible. 88% of consumers want customer reps to listen to them. You know, we actually found that I think one in six people called um, customer service just to hear a human voice. I mean, that's how people are starved. For well, I was, that, that human I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a sec, because just hearing you say that, it almost sounded like a replacement for therapy of some sort. That's a remarkable <laughs> finding. Well, think about the connection, and, and that's what we were trying to look at, right? And I think this is universal in the sense that, you know, most people want, regardless of the pandemic, I, I think it's a universal fact that when you call customer service the rep, you want them to understand what I'm trying to do, right? And so fast, efficient, effective, like that's really important. But each experience also has to really be grounded in empathy today. And when I talk about empathy, it's not like, hey, the agent needs to be nicer. You know, it's it's about knowing what that individual customer needs and anticipating the kind of experience they're looking for. It's true. Okay, but can I be cynical? Cynical pushback. 
I mean, I'm a communicator. That's what I do. I'm either hosting events or I'm talking about the way people connect and communicate. And when I'm on the phone with somebody who is trying to resolve a problem and they come up with one of those pre-scripted elements, which is, that must be awful. I can only imagine what that feels like. It doesn't ring true to me because I can see through it. There's a way, right? I mean, this is the correct approach, the right direction. But there's a way of getting it right. Can we really train entire armies of call center operatives to find that in themselves? So you made a really good point. And that's what I was talking about, where it's not about the rep being nice to you, right? Saying, gosh, like empathy. I empathize. I I understand how you feel. It's about let's just say you're having a billing problem. And I can tell you've been searching on our website, looking at a bunch of FAQs on billing. And you call me and you you reach out to me and I've connected with you. For me to be able to say, hi, Mark, I understand you're having a billing problem. Is it this or this? Because I've seen that you've had an issue with this before. You would be very happy. You would say, yes, exactly. That's the kind of... um, you know, sort of data we can put in front of that rep so that they know, okay, you've called in twice before with this type of issue. Wonder if you're having it again. I, I, you know, I've seen that you've had a chat with the bot for, you know, a couple of uh, different exchanges. So I don't have to get to you and say like, could you give me your account number again and your name again? I mean, these are all little things, but they make a huge difference. So true. All right, let's move on because I want to hear a bit more about your role specifically because you're responsible for global marketing. Global marketing is a huge responsibility, obviously. Could you tell us a bit about your team, um, the priorities that you give them? What's really important right now as we emerge from this insane pandemic as it uh, hopefully reaches an end? Yeah, I mean, my goal is always to support sort of the near-term and long-term growth strategy of the company, right? But primarily, we do that by focusing on driving more awareness and having very intentional conversations at leadership levels around sort of the opportunities for customer experiences and really the impact that it can have on their brand and revenue. So my team works pretty much every day to evangelize and educate the market about sort of what I call the gold mine of CX data that they can have. There's a level of granularity that will give you a really good sense of where you are with your customers and how to approach that, even from a marketing standpoint, and to best harness that for sort of revenue growth. You know, we're all also sort of focused on internally, sort of how do we do things for the market. I think as a marketing organization, I'm sort of always telling the team, you know, you have to think about it from a customer's perspective, sort of outside in and really ask the question, like, why does this matter to a customer? What is it? What's the value for them? Right. Not what we think, but what they would see. So I I think that's sort of the, the way that I look at it. And that is fascinating. And, I, you know, I've, I'm always fascinated by the work of a CMO. I end up having CMOs as my main connections with all, all my clients. And your world has changed so significantly. It, it, literally, your approach to scaling your go- go-to-market strategy will have changed profusely over the last few years and continues to. What are you finding useful right now? Can you give us any clues to the tools you guys find success with? And, and how do you build scale? You know, I I think the 
creativity, it, it, it's sort of universally applied whenever, right? And, and scaling is just figuring out how do I become more efficient at it and learn as we go. Right. So from, you know, whatever tools you use or whatever tactics you're doing, I, I think, you know, today it's really important to think about sort of what are, you know, risks you're willing to take? What are the the things that you're going to learn from and how do you kind of, you know, continually evolve that? And and fundamentally, like we can't scale marketing one to one with revenue like that, that no company can do that. So the, the trick is really understanding what are those step function areas where, you know, you are going to invest and what are the areas that you're going to really focus on sort of optimizing and efficiencies. Obviously, you can probably tell I'm from the UK originally and an arm was out of the UK. You spent some time with them. And I'm always fascinated by the different messaging, the different marketing needed across different geographies. I remember doing uh, events in the UK and US messaging would come through and the leadership team would be like, oh, that's just too American. That'll never work here. So when you're looking at marketing across different geographies, anything you can share with us, data segments, business dynamics that you consider? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned ARM. I mean, one of the things that we used to actually have sort of an internal debate about is you have presence in a market, but you may not be targeting that market, right? So from a global perspective, I think you have to start with sort of the foundational global brand messaging and sort of the position that you wanna have, but you need to apply it locally, right? So you have to empower your regional teams to say, okay, how are you going to build on this foundation and sort of reflect and, and you know, really appeal to the local market? And, and one example, like even at Genesis, one thing that we're doing, you know, we, we've developed sort of this slightly non-traditional look and feel. We have a brand message that is sort of all about you know, our customers, people and our technology and, and really delivering sort of this superhuman service type of uh, message. And, you know, we looked at um, Japan, for example, they're, they're, they're completely different in how they do it and what campaigns work over there. So they chose to license GoGo Speed Racer. I mean, it's something I would never do in the US, but it's perfect for that market while staying true to our brand essence and sort of the messaging that we're trying to do. So that it, it, it'll come out very differently, but I think at the end of it, the essence of what, you know, who we are stays true. Right, because you have to stay true to your core, no matter where you're seen, your core message will always be there. Yes, for sure. Now, uh, we've done several interviews recently where the interviewee has expressed the fact that they've taken on, they've recruited an enormous number of people without ever having met them across the last 12 months. I mean, this is, you couldn't write this and yet it's happened to all of us. So tell me a bit about your marketing team, the way it's made up, how it's changed over the last 12 months. And have you during this time gone through anything you would term a digital transformation? Yeah, actually, I am one of those people that started a job without actually meeting uh, pretty much my entire team. Wow. I, I've met, you know, my CEO, uh, whom I've known, but really it's been a tremendous experience. The, the thing that I think has been um, 
easier is that everybody now is sort of used to video, right? So even maybe three, four years ago, I can uh, recall that it wasn't the norm. You'd find a lot of people who would have their video off yeah. and who would use the uh, voice, you know, conference calling function. Today, it's sort of expected that that you're going to get on a video call. But I, I think the the way that we approach teams and what we do and how we do them with digital tools and digital transformation hasn't changed that much. Maybe how we do them and what we do is slightly different. So, you know, we've, Genesis, like most marketing teams, I think I read a while ago that CMOs are going to spend more money on, you know, SaaS tools than CIOs, which is probably true. Um, so from a MarTech perspective, we're, we're pretty, you know, set. So it's more about sort of streamlining and simplifying our tech stack. Um, but we've really been focused on sort of marketing data or orchestration and insight. So really thinking through, you know, what are we gleaning from all the different touch points? A lot of like what I talked about with um, how Genesis looks at the customer journey. Yeah. So it's, it's been um, an evolving experience for sure. I want to come back to that in a second, but in the last 12 months, we've all been forced to do things differently. Um, as a more normal world returns, are you going to perhaps hang on to some of those doing things differently moments because actually they were really efficient or your people really like them? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I think, for example, one clear thing that I, I can't imagine not coming back is live events, right? Everyone went to virtual events um, over the last year. I think there's a need and sort of a hunger for people to sort of be together. There's just something about sort of having that, which I thoroughly believe will come back. So I think we're going to have to sort of figure out what um, hybrid and virtual and what goes face to face. We've ramped up our digital like most people have, but you know our business has grown tremendously over the last year. I mean, we've had 100% year over year growth. We've added over 800 new customers. So, you know, what we're doing today, we're going to look at sort of how we evolve with the way that the market is evolving. But some of those metrics, it's very more, you know, improving the overall versus fundamental changes. Yeah. You're so right about the event space. And it's funny because I look at my calendar and it's going virtual, virtual. Suddenly then it's a little bit of hybrid, hybrid, and then in person towards yeah. the end of this year. It's very exciting. But it's going to be weird getting out on a stage again without a you're on mute moment. Yes. I, the, the other is going to be, is everyone going to be wearing masks? I mean, there's so many questions, I know. right? I mean, th th there's there's just I, I'm actually very, very excited because I do think that most people miss it. But it, it probably won't be the same as what we're used to. Not in the short term. Um, so we're, we're coming towards the end of our time. There's a couple more things I want to ask you about. When it comes to your own customers, how much are you leveraging the Genesis technology to actually make personal connections with those customers in this virtual world as it is at the moment? Any examples? Yeah, I mean, we definitely leverage our own technology and we do that uh, across, you know, customer success, contact center support, um, as well as our global, you know, SDR, so sales development reps. This way, like we're actually connecting the very first contact with a prospect, you know, and we leverage that in our marketing. We find insights and integrate that with CRM. So our sales team has visibility. 
You know, an example, we've used our chatbot capability integrated with our event apps to, you know, make sure that we can support, uh, you know, our user conference and handle questions in real time. You know, we've integrated um, our what I call marketing CDP, the customer data platform with CX data so that we can enrich it. And we've actually had a pretty significant impact in our customer renewal rates wow. by targeting our renewals based on the experience journey versus like before we used to say, okay, before X months of their contract expiration, we're gonna hit them up for a renewal. Right. That actually has been uh, quite enlightening. So whenever we get the chance, we're sort of living and breathing the experiences of the service that we want to espouse to our customers. It is all about the customer experience. Very interesting. Um, and am I right in, in thinking that you guys have an IndyCar sponsorship? And, and if you do, how does it how does it enhance your ability to tell the Genesis story? Yeah, so this is the second IndyCar season we're sponsoring um, James Hinchcliffe, the driver. And we're actually going from three races last season to 10. So um, the, we also have the title sponsorship with Texas Motor Speedway again uh, with the Genesis 300. So our involvement in racing actually started with the connection to the Indianapolis community, which is home to one of our largest Genesis employee base. Uh, but interestingly, globally, it's actually something that all of our employees have sort of gotten behind. And, you know, when I first came in, I thought, that's odd. Like, what are we doing in IndyCar? I mean, I obviously knew the Indianapolis office thing, but it, it, it was sort of a head scratcher. But when the team kind of sat down and said, you know, there's two things in common that I found really actually made sense. Um, if you think about how to win in racing, it takes so much real-time data from the vehicle and it gives like that team the insight to make so many split de second decisions, right? On pit stops and tire and fueling. I mean, it's very similar to sort of the CX data and the orchestration of customer experiences that I was talking about. And then I think, you know, we aligned principally on sort of customer engagement and support like IndyCar and Speedway Motorsports care a lot about engaging their fan base and driving deeper conversations. So in many ways, it's really a natural fit. That is fascinating. Yeah, that'd be in at the deep end for me because I'd have to learn all of the terms and all of the terminology. My goodness. All right. Last question. And you can take this any any which way you would like. What is next? What's next for your team in marketing? What's next for Genesis? Uh, what's next internally or indeed externally? Uh, I'll give it to you because I always love a bit of future forecasting. Yeah, I, I think for Genesis, you know, we've just started to scratch the surface of, you know, how we we, you know, imagine the customer experience, um, especially, you know, with post pandemic, right? There's going to be even more uh, things, but it, hopefully it's in the opposite way. Instead of canceling vacations, you're making vacation plans or, you know, what have you. So, you know, we, we have so much runway to improve how customers interact with brands. So we're really excited about that, you know, and I look forward to, different technologies. I mean, we talked about sort of this pandemic uh, making the use of video um, very common. And I don't know if you were aware, but like two years ago, we did a survey where I think like 14% of people said they would be open to using video in customer service. Now it's like 35%. Wow. So 
The pandemic has really made people comfortable with video, and it'll be interesting to see if that trend continues. We're certainly trying to embrace it and looking at the impacts of that in our business. And then obviously, you know, new ways of communicating that's always going to evolve. Absolutely fascinating. Joyce Kim, thank you so much for joining us, for giving us a bit of behind the scenes of the Genesis story and also sharing uh, your wisdom and your predictions as well. Once again, thank you very much. Thank you. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.